This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your afternoon playlist, State Farm knows you personalize your entire day. And that's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with the State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. All right, guys, before we hop into what's going to be an awesome show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Solace Meds. Maybe a great way to celebrate, Zach. Oh, Broncos are certainly high today. Uh, Check them out. Solace Meds. They've got four (laughs) convenient locations, one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off of Broadway, and one just blocks away from the DNVR bar on Colfax. And this month, they have some awesome deals, including 25% off Can America gummies, 25% off Strains tinctures, 25% off Rockin' cartridges, and 20% off Glacier Concentrates. The best part about Solace Meds is when you take your stuff down there and then you use the code DNVR20 on top of that, you save an additional 20% on top of all of their already existing deals. So check them out at Solace Meds. That's S-O-L-A-C-E-Meds.com and purchase from there. And make sure you use that code DNVR20 to get a great deal. Let's jump into the winner's lounge. What is up, everybody? We've got a Broncos winner's lounge. Let's go. When you come to the DNVR bar and the Broncos win, you get a winner's shot. So Incredible. Let's do it. Cheers. Cheers. There it is, folks. Broncos with a dominant win, 27-13. 27 to 7. I was going to say, 27 <laughs> to 7 is the real score. A 20 point win. Yeah, uh, a dominant performance from the Broncos. An awesome performance from Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, honestly, just about everything you could have asked for. Vic Fangio gets his first win in September in and his just career. Let's, let's him hang out. Let's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. Incredible atmosphere at the bar. Yep. Let's go, Broncos chants yep. ringing through the entire day. Uh, towers of beer being crushed at every moment honestly perfection for an opening Sunday oh my gosh I mean every single phase of today has been fantastic right I mean the Chiefs even almost lose (laughs) almost Uh, almost yeah that that may be the closest we get but anyways in terms of the Broncos game Ryan offense I mean that's kind of what we expect we shouldn't expect 45 point games this was fantastic I mean we're talking about eight minute drives 15 15 play drives, just wearing the defense out. And Teddy converting, Vic being ultra aggressive. The the Broncos executing all three fourth downs that they went for. And man, the defense just looked dominant. Uh, Ryan, they gave up two big plays and before that last drive, and that was it. That, that was it. And the big plays, one of them was a touchdown. The other one, the defense stood up and, and forced a punt. So the, this and special teams, 
looked fine. Yes, they did. Fine. <laughs> they did. Uh, we're going to get into our biggest takeaways here, Zach. And for me, I cannot help but go directly to the quarterback and say this is why Teddy Bridgewater won the job. Um, you knew that you needed to come into this game. Vic Fangio knew he had to get a win today. He wanted to go with the guy that he trusted. He clearly trusted Teddy Bridgewater much more than he trusted Drew Locke. And I think you really saw that pay off in third and short today. Uh, third and four, third and three, third and five, third and two. They trusted him to throw the ball. They got open receivers for him, and he hit it every single time. It's, it felt like, uh, especially in those short-yarded situations, they moved the chains. They're able to create those drives that you talked about, eight-minute drives, 15-play drives, double-digit drives. And they really just like, like a boa constrictor slowly but surely sucked the life out of the New York Giants. It was methodical. And to be honest, Zach, it probably should have been by more. Um, yeah. They dominated them in every facet today. And that looked like a good football team. It did. It looked like a very good football team. And you have to start with the quarterback position because, as we know, Ryan, if the quarterback's good, the Denver Broncos win. If the quarterback's bad, the Denver Broncos lose. And Teddy was nearly flawless. I mean, the stats don't necessarily back that up because I think he played better than the stats. 116 passer rating. I think I thought he played nearly a perfect game. Uh, not only do we see steady Teddy in the pocket and so cool, calm, and collected like people used to call Trevor Simeon, that's exactly what Teddy Bridgewater was today. Uh, and then also little Mahomes to him on that touchdown pass. I Multiple mean, plays where he really stayed alive back there. And just looks great, Ryan. He has the pocket presence and then the awareness. Some people just think, oh, well, he had that injury five years ago. He's not going to be able to move in the pocket. Is he going to be Josh Allen uh, or Patrick Mahomes? No, he's not. But he can move around and make plays. And I just loved everything about the way the Broncos approach this game. Look, the running game, the, the offensive line was not very good for the running game uh, for, for the beginning of the game. They stuck with it enough, but they said, Teddy Bridgewater's our starting quarterback. We trust him. So in the first half, Ryan, they threw the ball over two to one times to, to rushing, and Teddy was great. Teddy could handle that. That's just what the Broncos needed. Yeah, it's honestly uh, really, really encouraging. Now, we know the Giants aren't a great football team, but if there's one thing that they could hang their hats on, it was their defense. And so you're not coming away from this game saying, yeah, well, Teddy carved up a terrible defense. They really yep. aren't a terrible defense. They have good yep. corners. They have a good defensive line. You saw that in the run game. They have good run support from the linebackers. Yep. And so you don't walk away from this saying, yeah, but at least I don't. And in fact, you're going up against a team next week in the Jacksonville Jaguars who got, what, 34 put on them by what many people thought was going to be the worst team in the NFL today. Yep. And that was the, uh, the Houston Texans. So yep. you have to come away from this game encouraged because this is the formula. You know, you look at what the uh, Cleveland Browns kind of plan is. It's run the ball and then have Baker in uh, play action situations, have him completing passes on third and medium, third and short. This is what that reminded me of today. Uh, and what, what the Browns have is a quarterback who, when the run game isn't there, they trust themselves to turn to him. And I think Teddy Bridgewater took a huge step today in being that guy for the Broncos to whereas, okay, the run game isn't cooking. They're not getting a lot. They're not getting big chunks. They're not getting first downs out of that run game. Well, you trust Teddy to make throws. I, got, I, I can't get over 
his ability to stay alive in the pocket today, and that's why he's our DraftKings king of the game, because he Easy. made multiple really big plays when things broke down. Um, he's stiff-arming guys back there. He's spinning out of pressure. He's getting on the run. He's buying time. And, again, you go back to what Vic Fangio said when they gave Teddy Bridgewater the job. It's the pocket awareness, and it's why I think – Vic Fangio, who absolutely is a, I don't know what the word is, a player of the game, even though he's not a player, absolutely is a huge part of this because he trusted Teddy Bridgewater to make plays for him, something that we definitely didn't see him trust Drew Locke to do last year. And so, again, when we were going over this, when they named Teddy the starter, I said, well, if they're going to go for it like they did in the preseason because Vic trusts Teddy, then I'm all for it. I was very skeptical in thinking that they were going to do that. And Vic Fangio went out there, and like you said, he laid him on the table and said, you know what, this is my guy, I trust him, watch him go make plays. And boom, did it work. I just loved that Vic stuck with what he wanted to do. It wasn't like he went for a fourth down one time and then got cold feet another time. They even did it when they were in field goal range on the four-yard line. They trusted Teddy Bridgewater, and Teddy Bridgewater was dealt a very difficult situation on that touchdown to Alberto. Guy in his face, he shakes that off. Then another guy literally in his face as he's throwing off his back foot sidearm to Alberto. He tr and I love the trust that Teddy had in Albert O to go back to them. Ryan, after that Albert O fumble, they could have easily said, we're putting Salbert and Fanton for the rest of the game, but they didn't do it. I love that they, they th th this was a team that trusted one another even when things didn't go completely right. And the most impressive thing, Ryan, let me read you this drive chart. First drive, Broncos start with a punt. They get one first down. Thankfully, it wasn't a three and out punt. But then after that, field goal, fumble, the fumble where they got all the way down to the five yard line and Albert O fumbled, touchdown, touchdown, field goal touchdown and then at the very end of the game a punt so realistically ryan you have three of your first uh let's see three or no four of your first five drives go in to the red zone of the other team one of them ends in a fumble the other end in scores that is going to keep you in every single football game you talked about that's the browns formula and the browns barely lost to the chiefs hung in in arrowhead with them if the broncos do this they're going to be able to hang in with every single team in the nfl now maybe they end up losing to the to the chiefs the top the top teams but they're going to be in every single game including that browns game on thursday night absolutely uh you had to be impressed with the defense who again really gave up seven points obviously there's the garbage time drive at the end you can't be mad about that you got to be excited about von miller man um, he very well could have been the DraftKings king of the game. Easily. Two sacks, three tackles for loss. Uh, how many quarterback hits? Three. Three quarterback hits. The dude went out there uh, and really backed it up. You know, yeah. like we've heard a lot of talk about Von Miller. It's really been two years of talk, not necessarily from by his own fault, but going into last season, it was Vaughn looks great. Vaughn looks great. Vaughn looks great. He gets injured in the very end of training camp. Uh, kind of a heartbreaking scenario for the Broncos. Yep. And all we've heard is talk since then. And he goes out there today and he gets himself on pace for a fantastic season. You know, how many times have we talked about this team has to start fast? Yep. Uh, and I think Vaughn Miller was a big part of the reason why they did today. Uh, and really... You can go around and just look and just start pointing to guys. That guy played good. That guy played good. That guy played good. But if you had to pick before the game, hey, pick two guys you need to really, really play good. 
you'd obviously pick Teddy Bridgewater. Yep. And I think you'd put, pick Von Miller. And those two guys absolutely held up their end of the bargain. And you see what happens when that happens. Ryan, we talked about Mace and I last week on the pod. We predicted who our MVP would be. He said Teddy. I said Vaughn. And I said if both of these guys play to that level or are in the conversation for MVP, great things are going to be in store for the Broncos playoffs. And we see exactly what that looks like on the football field today. And not surprisingly, Ryan, three game balls given out after the game. Have you seen who it was? No. Okay. Guess the three. Okay, so Vaughn and Teddy. Ding, 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 ding. The third. You're going to have to get creative with this hmm. one. That's the hint I'll give you. Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio gives them out. Okay, so I thought maybe like <laughs> Vaughn threw one to Vic. All right. Vic just tosses it to himself. Going to have to get creative. <laughs> uh-huh. You're along the similar lines is what you were thinking, though. Pat Shermer? Mm, a <laughs> little higher up. George Payton. George Payton, first win as GM. And you know what? George should have probably tossed it back to Vic. Yes, And he said, first win in September. Now you have a winning record, undefeated, but then also hell of a game plan and hell of an execution and way to stick by what you wanted to do. What did we hear when Rich Scangarello was fired from behind the scenes? Rich Scangarello made Vic Fangio uh, look conservative, and Vic did not like that. Vic, Vic thought, I'm, I'm an aggressive coach. Ah, last year with Pat Shermer, we didn't see it in a, an aggressive team. Vic wasn't going for it on fourth down, but clearly I think we learned a lot about Vic and Teddy and just how much Vic views Teddy and how highly he views him by going for it three times in situations, Ryan, that if they don't convert, it could have been very bad news. It's a very different game. Honestly, the whole uh, this is football. But the whole thing swings on three, four plays. Yep. Um, you convert those fourth downs, that puts you in great positions to score, and that's the reason why you end up winning this game, in my opinion, at least winning it handily. But then, you know, you could say, okay, if you don't convert those, what happens? But you could also say, well, what happens if KJ Hamler catches that touchdown over the top? I realize they end up going down and scoring anyway. Um, but what happens if Albert O doesn't fumble? I really think there's a situation where this is a eye-opening blowout, when, when, you know, um, not to, like, throw a certain show under the bus, but I'm just, just the one that came to mind. When, like, Good Morning Football goes to cover this game in the morning, they're still seeing 27-13. And yep. they're like, okay, the Broncos yep. beat a really bad team in the Giants. Yep. yep. If you win this game 35-7. Easily could have Or 42-7. You know, Easily. Easily. Um, then everyone's saying, oh, the Broncos are for real. For us, we can see that. Yep. Um, now, again... I don't know what they're going to be, you know, when they have to go up against the Baltimore Ravens, when they go up against the Steelers in week five. But right now, when they really need to be and they really needed to come out here with a great game plan, great execution, big plays from big players, they 100% got it. And all I can give is credit. All you can do is just give credit. You're spreading it around like, you know, uh, like this is the Oprah show, right? Like credit to you, credit to you, credit to you, credit everyone to you. Gets everyone credit. gets some credit. Because everyone deserves it. Pat Shermer deserves credit. Yep. Tom McMahon deserves credit. Yep. Crazy as it may be. Vic Fangio deserves credit. Ed Donatel deserves credit. This was across the board, 
a everyone put their heads together. This is all hands on deck. Let's go win a football game. And they did it. And I, I, I love the way they use the running backs. Uh, not in terms of the production. In the first half, both guys were running for 2.6 yards per carry. Didn't love that. But, Ryan, that's the balanced attack we were talking about. And it brings me back to last year when we thought the Broncos had this great attack at running back. And after one half, it was gone for the rest of the season. This gives me hope and trust and confidence in Pat Shermer that he's going to continue to use these guys this way. And he used them pretty darn well. Uh, they both looked very explosive uh, and so many positives from this game, Ryan. And I have to apologize. The Broncos are winning next week. The Broncos cannot lose to Jacksonville with how Jacksonville looked and how the Broncos look today. I'm they, They've gained my trust so quickly. Now, am I ready to turn around and say, you know, they're competing with the Chiefs for the AFC? No, not there yet. But this was such a good start. It really couldn't have been uh, any better outside of a, a couple plays. K.J. Hamler needs to catch that ball. Teddy Bridgewater could throw it better, but K.J. needs to catch it. Uh, it Alberto has to hold on to that ball, but it wasn't a perfect game, and they still absolutely dominated. So there was a margin of error, for a huge margin of error for the Broncos on the road in the first game. A lot of things could have gone wrong, and they really didn't. And speaking of margin for error, I hope I have margin for error because I forgot to mention that we are presented by MSU Denver Online. Check them out, msudenver.edu. We'll accept your Slash apology. online for all they have to offer. But you're right, margin for error uh, is something that was very foreign to this team over the last few years. You drop an open touchdown, yep. um, you fumble inside the inside the red zone. Yep. That led to losses yep. in the years past. By the way, I don't think that fumble should have stood. Uh, I thought he was out of bounds by the time he got control of it, but it doesn't matter. Nope. It doesn't matter in the end. Um, one thing that we have to talk about, I wish we didn't, but it's the dark cloud hanging over this awesome win, uh, and that's the injury to Jerry Judy. Um, man, I, it, it's not KJ's fault, but I can't get it out of my head. You catch it. That if that, if that is caught, we're not talking about this right now. Again, not blaming KJ for this happening. It's freak injury. It's what, fo it's what happens in football. Yep. People get hurt. But that is the downside of what happened today. So there's no good news with this, but there's a little sparkling uh, glimmer of good news. It looked like he could have broken his leg and been out for the year plus. Yeah. No, no broken leg. Vic Fangio did just confirm it. High ankle sprain. So not, not ideal, but good. Ryan, his season is not over. He's going to miss a lot of time. There's no question about that. But we just talked about this team has some margin for error now. We talked about last week depth there. We talked about last week, uh, you know, being three and two after the first five games, being four and one. They could still get there without Jerry Judy. And you don't need him the next two weeks. It won't come down to having Jerry Judy or not having Jerry Judy and winning those games because that margin of error is so big against the Jets and against the Jaguars. So it's certainly not ideal, but it's not the worst-case scenario. Thank God. Um, you know, it, it felt really eerie. You had this happen with Cortland Sutton last year, right? Yep, second game. Week His two. first game. Yeah, and that's what flashed it, it, to me. But thank God he's okay. Like that's what I would put it. He's okay. Um, the dark side of this is ankle flexibility is like Jerry Judy's greatest asset. Yeah. Um, and there's you know very few situations in which his ankle like 
you know, turns in that way. He's so incredible in the way that he can contort his body the opposite of the way that his ankles are going, and he's normally fine. What really hurts is, okay, when is he going to be back to a position when he completely trusts that ankle, when it doesn't hurt him to really bend it? And I sadly think the answer is next season. Um, we've seen these high ankle sprains before. Honestly, we talked about it when Royce Freeman got cut. He looked really explosive before he had a high ankle sprain in like week four or five of his rookie season. Did never look the same. Right. Now, I don't expect that to happen with Jerry Judy, but I do fear that you're not going to see Jerry Judy at 100% the rest of this year. I wish I could disagree with you, but Ryan, especially with how we saw it with Royce Freeman, I think you're right. The good thing is... That's not all Jerry Judy's game. It is doing that stuff with that's a that's a big part of it. But Ryan, he caught the ball today. He held on to it, so he doesn't need the five yards of space anymore. If he's only creating one yard, that'll be okay for this year. When Jerry Judy left the game, Ryan, he was the leading. Uh, he had the most yards on the team. He had the most receptions. He had the most targets. So there's no question it's a big blow. But then later you see Tim Patrick get the Broncos' first touchdown. He's a guy that's going to take a big step up. Cortland, today, I thought he looked like more of the Cortland I was expecting to see this season, not the Cortland that we saw in that third final preseason game where everyone just thought, oh, he's back, great. Cortland Sutton's still going to be good, but I didn't see a game-changing Cortland Sutton. I didn't think that pass from Teddy Bridgewater was that bad, uh, that deep one that that he overthrew him. I thought maybe Cortland was running 95%, not a full 100%, but you know what? The Broncos' offense still looked good. So what I'm saying is I think Cortland can get better and, and, and really take over that number one spot when Jerry's out. Yeah, uh, if I'm buying stock in someone, it's K.J. Hamler. Yeah, uh, I think you're really going to get K.J. Hamler into the Jerry Judy role over these next few weeks. Yeah. Remember, everyone talks about K.J.'s blazing speed, and I wish we could be talking about how that resulted in a touchdown today. Um, but the other thing that K.J. really has going for him is he is a great route runner. He's a possession guy, too. Right, so those slot routes, those inside slants that you really want to run on third and short where you should be able to get open quickly, that's K.J. I think in a lot of route combinations, you're going to see K.J. step in for Jerry in terms of the role they expected him to play. And here's where depth really comes into your favor as the Broncos. They even... Without Trinity Benson, who's going to be a big part of what they were doing here. Do you trade a fifth-round pick now for Trinity Benson? No, I don't think so. <laughs> because the Broncos are very um, flexible in what they can do at that position. So right now, I think it's going to be a one-for-one. One. You bring in KJ in, for certain routes. You bring in Tim Patrick for other routes that you were going to have Jerry run. And those guys should really be able to, to hold it down. But you know who's also awesome today? Noah Fant. Mm -hmm. You know who also got himself open on some big plays? Albert Okwebunam. Yep. So you can go with two wide receivers and two tight ends sometimes. You can bring in KJ Hamler when you want someone you know quick in the slot. I think they can withstand this. If I were the Broncos, though, I would be ultra, ultra, ultra cautious with Jerry Judy. Don't bring him out there when he can't do what he does best, which is cut. You know what I mean? Like that ankle. I know I'm not just talking about the jukes and the spins and all that stuff. That ankle is what allows him to plant so hard and get himself open so quick. I don't want to see a 80% Jerry Judy because you feel like you have to force him back. I really don't think they do. Now, what's your guess on the timetable? You know, we're not doctors here. I would think six to eight weeks, specifically the eight weeks being what you're talking about, not rushing him back. High ankle sprains are, are a B word. 
I was gonna say four to six. Yeah. Um, and so it's somewhere in that range. Maybe around the bye week. But again, I guess what I'm hanging my hat on here is that he has like superhuman ankles. So maybe there's a chance here that it's not as bad as it looked. Obviously, it bent really hard, but like he's used to bending his ankles really hard. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's a chance here that yes, it's a high ankle sprain, but it's not a severe. It could be a you know a low grade high ankle sprain and maybe he comes back in four weeks you have him back for pittsburgh in week five at home that's what i'm crossing my fingers for as a top line but again i don't want to rush him back and say like well let's just get him out there because he can go and then just see him wear it down because what i'm what i mean when i say he's not going to be 100 percent this season is that the only thing that fixes this injury is like out and out pure rest right and so if you go out there when he's at 80 percent He's not ever getting better from that point. Right. Whatever He's only po- going down. Right. Whatever point you put him out there at, he can only get worse from. He can't heal. You cannot heal this injury when you're working it really hard. So I want the Broncos to be smart about this. It's not one of those injuries. I'll touch wood, but it's not one of those injuries that you fear, oh, if we put him out there, it could, it could cause long-term damage. But it is one of those injuries where... Whenever you put him out there, he can't get better from that position. One of the guys you said in terms of replacing Jerry Judy, and there's no replacing Jerry Judy, but there are just as bad of nightmare matchups that you can create for opposing defenses in trying to replace Jerry Judy. One of those guys is Noah Fant. Ryan, do you know how many targets Noah Fant had in the preseason? Targets. just Zero, right? Zero. Zero targets. Today, he leads the team in targets. Noah Fant is fine. No worries about Noah Fant. Then he goes out, turns that into a 75% catch rate. Six catches, 62 yards. He looked really good. Albert O looked really good. And I love how the Broncos and Pat Shermer went away from the three-wide receiver set. You're going to do that occasionally, but they didn't live in three-wide. They lived in two tight ends. They lived in doing creativity. Ryan, Pat Shermer put together a really good game plan uh, and got Albert O and Noah Fant involved, and that's how it's done. Teddy Bridgewater completed a pass to, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different receivers, and I think he even did that in the first half. So Teddy Bridgewater is a guy that is going to spread the ball out, and that really takes pressure away from Jerry Judy having to miss time because it's not like they were strictly relying on him. Shout out water to bottles my, Shout out to my guy yeah, here hooking it up with the water bottle. Yeah, I like... I don't know how you could not come away from this game being really excited about the Broncos offense and Teddy Bridgewater, especially. Um, I know everyone wanted Drew. Um, and, you know, that's the more exciting play. That is the higher ceiling play, I think some would argue, including us uh, at many times during the, the quarterback competition. But as I said, when they named Teddy Bridgewater the starter, winning will cure everything. And I think. I didn't see. I don't see anyone complaining right now. No, and Ryan, you said sexy is, is Drew, which is true. Uh, but you know what's sexy in the coach's eyes, and why they went with Teddy, and why it was so apparent today, is having more ten play drives than three and outs by three times. It's by having the same number of ten play drives as you did plays of five play drives or less. They had three 10 play drives, 15 plays, 16 plays, 10 plays on three different drives. That is incredible. Not only does Pat Shermer love it, 
but the defense loves it. Vic Fangio loves it because it wears down the Giants. Ryan, the Giants are a good defense, but in the second half, they just look pedestrian because the Broncos had just wore them down. In the end, the Broncos end with 35-25 to 25 time of possession. And honestly, if the Broncos would have held on to the ball there and, and really forced it more at the end, it would have been like 37-38-20. to 20. You're going to win and be in every single game with that formula. Yeah, and you mentioned that that's sexy. What else is sexy is Breckenridge Brewery. Mm, uh, they say Manscaped. Oh, well, you know, we don't have that one right now. Uh, Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. They're damn good beers, uh, and they have supplied us uh, throughout the entire day today. It started with the tailgate. Lots of beers on the tailgate, courtesy of Breck Brew. Then there's Breck Brews flowing all through the day at the, uh, at the DNVR bar. Uh, and I don't know what else to say other than they're damn good. Yep. Um, they're, they are the official beer of a Denver Broncos win, uh, whether it's that uh, Broncos country hoppy pale ale, Woo. whether you're just a strawberry sky guy through yep. and through. Uh, you're going to want a Breck brew after today's win, so hit them up Breckenridge Brewery and get in on any of their beers because they're all top-notch. They were everywhere, and Ryan, uh, speaking of being, you have to be at the DNVR bar 10 a.m. Saturdays and Sundays. I mean, popping yesterday had the had the buses going to uh, A&M, which man, what a game! I mean, I, I know they lost, but you got to be proud to see you. Yeah, you got to be proud. It's unfortunate there was a big miss opportunity, but I feel the same way. Like what you just said about the Broncos, they're going to be in every game. Yeah. That's how I feel about the Buffs you with that should. defense. You yeah. should, absolutely. And, I mean, just the best place to be is the DNVR bar. I'm sure we're going to get popping for Sunday night football. And there's no – Ryan, this was such a fun environment. We got our guy yeah, here here who was just absolutely killing it. It's such a fun place got to be. Got the crowd on a string. Oh, my goodness. So make sure to become a member, too, because when you're here, you get extra raffle tickets. You get that winning shot when the Broncos win, and you get the member size beers, 22 ounces for the price of 16. Announces, so make sure to sign up at ddnvr.com. We also got the Wheel of Destiny, which yes. I invented, which it was a, a Jerry Judy touchdown today. And I'm not letting you spin next I'm time. I'm confident. I didn't spin it. Okay. Uh, I'm confident that if he doesn't get hurt, that's happening. Yeah, yeah. As I think it's going to happen most games. All right, we got a super chat from our guy, Zach Castro. He said, all, all dogs go to heaven. Do you <laughs> know did. what he's referencing? I do. A little parlay you put together, a uh, underdog parlay. An that hit. all underdog money line parlay. What do we have? Plus 1,600? Yes, let me look it up really quick Ooh. to get the exact numbers for you. The all dogs go to heaven parlay was Arizona Cardinals plus 135, Pittsburgh Steelers plus 250 on the money mm. line. LA Chargers plus 110 on the money line. Uh, that was, we were using a $25 free bet on right. that. 25 for 400. Hey! <laughs> so, congrats so to everyone. winning shots were on you then. Well, yeah, yes, exactly. Winner, winner <laughs> shots on me. I also hit a big parlay last night that involved. Uh, Vanderbilt beating CSU oh, straight up. Oh, that was bad, <laughs> especially up 14-0. Yeah, that's You tough. had to take the shot too, didn't you? Well, I'm not taking oh, – I had to take a shot afterwards because I hit a giant <laughs> parlay. Um, anyways, uh, also want to tell you about our friends over at Chevalier Mortgage. Uh, Mike and Virginia will hook you up. You know, getting a mortgage on a home, as I know, as I kind of dabbled in it uh, – a little earlier this year before realizing that this market isn't uh, exactly conducive to such a thing. It's, it's a scary tough. process. Yeah. Uh, and Mike and Virginia are who you want to hit up. You can call them at 303-257-6578 to see what's up. They're going to check out your full financial picture. They're going to say, hey, 
look, here's what you can afford. Here's the areas that, you know, that you can afford. They're going to walk you through the whole process and they're going to treat you like family because they're part of the DNVR family. They probably won't like that little uh, comment I just made because they're uh, proud CSU <laughs> alums, but they're also proud Broncos fans. So they're having a good day today. So call them. 303-257-6578. Check out Chevalier Mortgage or dnvrmortgage.com. That's Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. And Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. Did you leave before AM went ahead and beat CU? I mean, you're just acting, you're acting so confident over here about CU. Well, I mean, CU <laughs> took the probably third best team in the SEC. Down to the wire. I mean, you could say fifth best in the nation. Fifth best in the nation. CSU, you know, uh, lost to the worst team in SEC hey, history. Hey, they were also playing an SEC team. Just yes. two, two losses from SEC teams. Can you imagine what it's going to look like? Honestly, when Bama plays Texas A&M, let alone when oh, Bama – I don't. Gosh. I actually don't think Bama plays Vanderbilt this year, but if they did. Dude, CU, CU's defense looked great. A&M's quarterback, the backup, oh my goodness. He's not it. They wish they had a Drew Locke to turn to. Yes, they absolutely do. All right, let's go into our helmet stickers. Uh, Zach, this is exciting. Oh, look uh, at that. We just, got a fancy new graphic. That's uh, beautiful. I don't, I don't, can we not put helmet stickers on right? Why are there, why are there all those creases? Oh, yeah. Wow. You know, it's tough to get a helmet I mean, sticker. I guess we do have the, the shots. So, yeah. so, you, know, yeah. you know, our... Our graphic designers work really hard to make things look <laughs> realistic. I'm just coming saying. from a graphic designer himself. Yes, absolutely. I, I dig the uh, the graphic there. Uh, and Zach, I'll let you lead us off. Who gets your first helmet sticker? Well, Ryan, we're going to keep a leaderboard of these, so you have to go king of the game. Teddy absolutely gets one. Maybe a big helmet sticker on the side of his head. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I, I think he earned the Bronco on his helmet today. Yeah. Um, and again, I think he earned a lot of fan support. Yeah. I don't know how you can sit back right now and say you're not confident in Teddy Bridgewater as this team's quarterback. You can. Some people are going to have the wait and see approach, but there's nothing you could say negative about Teddy's performance today. <clears throat> Even if you want to be the person who says, well, he can't push the ball downfield. Well, he hit a 50-yard touchdown and it just was dropped. And that's what I kept telling people was, Teddy had more success going downfield than Drew did. Now, he overthrew Cortland Sutton uh, on that one, but he's taking the shots. Yep. And, and I think that's something that people were really afraid. The one rule I have is don't overthrow Cortland Sutton. Just underthrow him. Oh, because then he'll get it. Yes, he'll yeah. go get it for you. <laughs> you don't need to throw it out there. Like, K.J. Hamler, maybe you overthrow him because he needs to run underneath it. Right. Just throw it, like, play 500 with Cortland and whoever he's going up against, and yep. I think you'll be a lot happier. Gunslinger Teddy. Steady gunslinger Teddy. <laughs> Again, he deserves multiple helmet stickers yep. if we were able to give out multiple per game. Um, he is the biggest reason the Broncos won the way they did today. And he's the biggest reason why they're going to continue to win this way or not win this way. Yep, absolutely. All right. Uh, you want to take the, another, the other obvious one? Sure. I'll take Von Miller. Uh, his first regular season game as a dad. Uh, and he went out there and, you know, showed Daniel Jones who his daddy is. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, he, he did. was absolutely all over him. Big plays, big sacks. Uh, and just, I don't know, like there's that guy on uh, Giants Twitter who's saying, you haven't no, seen a good Von Miller in three yikes. years. Well, you saw him, bud. You just saw it, buddy. <laughs> you saw him. So uh, I hope you enjoyed it because I sure did. Yes, yes, I did too. I'm going to go for my next one. Kind of going deeper right here. 
going with a guy that had the big play for the Broncos, and that's Melvin Gordon's 70-yard touchdown run. It was tough, tough sledding. Like I said, at the first half, both running backs are averaging 2.6 yards per carry. Not good, but then Melvin does a great, the, the offensive line on his touchdown did a great job opening up the hole. He read it and then exploded to the outside and upfield. 70-yard touchdown. That's going to be huge to have explosion from the running back position. And Ryan, I think one week it's going to be Melvin. The next week it's going to be Javante. Then Melvin, Javante. That's what this running game is capable of. And I just love seeing a big play come from the running game. Yeah, the other one I have to give uh, probably goes to the guy who I think was in contention for king of the game before he went down. That's Jerry Judy. Um, My lock of the week on uh, the tailgate this morning was no drops from Jerry Judy today. And he did not have any, even though he had several targets. Um, Gosh, this sucks. It really sucks because I think he was going to go ahead and go for like 10 for 120 today and set himself up for a Pro Bowl 1,000-plus yard season. And I don't know if he's going to get the opportunity to do that anymore. Yeah, and Ryan, someone that we haven't talked about yet is Bradley Chubb. He didn't play, and the Broncos were still able to do this on defense. Malik Reed stepped in. Fumble recovery. Well, fumble recovery. Shout out Danny Fumbles. Yes, and shout out to another helmet sticker winner, Josie Jewell. Maybe the longest odds to get a helmet sticker yeah, really today deserved. outside of Eric Salbert, but he was great. I mean, now, I think he did get beat in coverage on one play, but outside of that, he was right there, had a pass breakup, uh, had that, and we talked all offseason just about how these inside linebackers aren't going to be a big role on this defense. Well, we saw it. They were both on the field at the same time, multiple times, uh, and Josie really stepping up today. Yeah, uh, honestly, an upset uh, for him to look as good as he did, and he also looked really good in coverage, Yep. which hats off to him for that. Um, I don't know if this is allowed considering we're keeping a scoreboard, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. but I'm, well, you know what? Never mind. I'll change it up. Uh, I'm giving a hat sticker. It goes to Vic Fangio. Mm. This to me, uh, honestly, uh, you know, I can't remember all 32 games he's coached up until today. I think this might've been the best one he's coached. Yep. Uh, the game plan was perfect. The aggression was perfect. Um, and you know, I tweeted out, he coached like a winner today and someone responded or like someone who's coaching for their job. I don't care what it is. Sure. It's the right way to coach. Yeah. Um, when you, you know, take calculated risks because having the ball is a lot better than not having the ball, I am going to appreciate that every time. I don't care if it doesn't work. Every time that they go for it on fourth and short, I'm going to be in support of that decision. You won't catch me coming back on here saying, but what if they didn't? They shouldn't have done that because I'm in full support like yesterday. The Buffs. They go for it on fourth and one. Yep. They don't get it. Later, that field goal would have been, you know, really nice to have at the end of the game when it's 10-7 in the final. Yep. I, I wasn't really hard on Carl Durrell because I was hard on Carl Durrell last year for not going for, for in those situations. Now, I might contend with the play call, but it, all in all, if you're going for it on fourth and short, you are playing to win. Yep. And no one can deny that in any way. Uh, and Vic Fangio played to win today, maybe more than ever before. Yeah, he absolutely did. Ryan, do I dare go hat sticker to Tom McMahon? No, I, I don't dare. I'm not doing that. Um, I'm going, though. I'm going someplace maybe I should Tom McMahon always catching strays. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't go here, though. Alberto, 
I think he's deserving for it. Obviously, Ooh. a really bad fumble. He needs to never do that again. Extra protection, especially when you're in the red zone. But then the way he bounced back, and what a play he had on that touchdown. Following Teddy Bridgewater throughout the play as it broke down. Making the catch, turning it upfield because it was fourth down. He had to get the first, and then diving for the touchdown. Ryan, he didn't get scared and not reach because of the fumble last time, but he just made sure he was extra cautious with it, and I think that's a big play for him. If he didn't have that and wasn't didn't get back on the field after that fumble, uh, then we may be talking about, oh, what's the next step for Alberto? Did, does Salbert take him over? That was a huge play for him, and right after he fumbled, after the game, Teddy went up to him and said, you're fine. You're going to get the ball again. Let's go. That's that's another huge reason. Not that Drew didn't do that, but that's what Teddy does. That's that experience. That's that leadership that Teddy brings. And I, I feel like you could really feel it on the Broncos all game. Before we move on to our next helmet sticker, I just want to say if you're watching and you're enjoying the show, hit us with a thumbs up on YouTube. If you're watching on Twitter live stream, we encourage you to switch over to YouTube. And then when you get there, hit us with a thumbs up as well. Um, but we really appreciate all that. It helps us get in front of more Broncos fans. Uh, and we know there's a lot of you, a lot of you out there watching today. And Ryan, really quick, shout out to the live crowd here. Yes. Awesome. awesome. That we have yes, people, we got who people are, who in the bar out. who I see came a, upstairs. A Pat Sertan jersey. Ooh. Love it. That's clean. Oh, we need to talk about him. We will talk about him in a second. Unfortunately, not getting a helmet sticker today. Are we going three each? That sounds good. Did we already do three? Uh, we may even have more than that. <laughs> We've got one, two, three, four, five, six. We're perfect. Okay, we're good then. Yes. All right, we can move on. Um, let it. Let's let's do talk about Pat Sertan. Um, really, only got his name called once today, and it was in a play that wasn't his best play, but when you go back and watch, it was a really tough route for the coverage that they called. Yeah. Again, you need him to make the tackle. Yep. I don't blame him at all for giving up the catch. It's a deep over route in man coverage coming all the way across when he was playing off. So you're basic, it's basically the worst route they could have run against the way the, the Broncos covered that play. He didn't cover it great. I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with the you know, putting your arms around the shoulder pads and flying around, go low, wrap up, finish that tackle. And maybe the Broncos don't give up any touchdowns today. I kid you not. Is this the first rookie yes. thing we've seen from Patrick Sertan? So am I worried about him? Absolutely not. The good thing is he had his rookie mistake and he's going to have a few more throughout the year, but it's not going to be once a week. He had his rookie mistake in a blowout. And again, that margin of error, Ryan, it's great to finally have because then you don't have to be worried about putting Javante Williams out there, putting Caden Stearns out there if you need to let uh, Justin Simmons have a breather, which he never needs anyways. Uh, or uh, you, you can put Patrick Sertan out there, and what's really fascinating is in that drive, he played every single snap, and I thought before that play, I thought, oh my goodness, is, is, did he already take over Kyle Fuller's spot, Ryan? Because he was out there at outside corner. We hadn't really seen that in all of training camp, all of the preseason with the one defense where he was there. And I thought, okay, Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby, kind of being picked on by Daniel Jones a little bit. When Pat Sertan was out there, he didn't throw his way until that one play. And again, that was a that was a tough cover. A lot of people were saying maybe Alexander Johnson should have dropped back a little more. That was Pat Sertan's guy, clearly, that could have helped him out. But I mean, outside of that, it was very encouraging, not just for how he played, but how Vic Fangio is truly going to use him. Ryan, we said when they drafted him, you have to play him, even though that they had three other corners potentially ahead of him on the depth chart. We said, you don't make this pick instead of a quarterback if he's going to sit on the bench. 
and at least they're not letting him sit on the bench. He's out there, and he's going to be out there, and so expect to see another uh, couple of rookie mistakes throughout the course of a year, but also expect him to see, uh, to see some pick sixes and things that we saw in that Minnesota game. Yeah, it's crazy for how good the defense played. It didn't feel like the secondary played up to their potential. Yeah. Uh, and it was, starts with Pat Sertan. Justin Simmons drops an interception. Uh, Ronald uh. Darby got picked on a little bit. Kyle Fuller gave up a big catch down the sidelines. Uh, it felt like everyone had a moment where it wasn't their best. I guess Kareem Jackson, you, uh, did, uh, you didn't even hear his name called today, really. No. But other than that, it felt like everyone had a moment where you're like, ah, a little rusty out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Von Miller and the inside linebackers kind of stealing the show for the Broncos today. And what's crazy is Vic said it last week. I want two or three turnovers a game, and that's possible. He's proven it in the past that his defenses can do that. And, Ryan, you look on paper, this defense should be able to. If any defense can do it, it's this defense. Thanks to Josie Jewell for getting the one turnover today. No picks off Daniel Jones, a guy that likes to throw the ball to the other team. That's just, you know, a, a small critique that can come from this game is making sure that you get those interceptions because Trevor Lawrence today, three, three. picks. He said he's never done that. Can the Broncos do that to him again in back-to-back weeks? They got to at least get one from him. Well, they got to hold on to the ball. Um, you know, I've always wondered why you don't see defensive backs working on the jugs machine with wide receivers after practice. Yeah. Like, those are game-changing plays that you let slip through your hands. And really good for your next contract, too. It, it's not a waste <laughs> of time. Like, if the wide receivers are out there doing it, they're already really good at catching the ball. Right. right. You should be out there with them getting right. better because it's clearly not a strength of yours or else you'd be playing wide receiver too. It helped Jerry Judy this year. Exactly. So uh, Kyle Fuller dropped a pick six. Justin Simmons drops one right through his hands. Yep. So again, it's not a it's not a big deal when you win 27-13. Margin of error. The margin of error today happened to be bigger. It will get smaller. You cannot afford to lose those opportunities when you're playing a Patrick Mahomes. Trevor Lawrence will give you those opportunities next week. You need to convert on them because Vic Fangio's right. You need to this if this team is making the playoffs, they're creating turnovers at a very high rate. Um, is it a push on the turnover ratio today? Yes, I believe so. One to one. Let me see. I'm pulling it up. Because um, Teddy didn't uh, turn it over. So yeah, it's one to one. Right. The, the Alberto fumble. Yep. yep, and the Teddy or in the Danny fumble. You can do that against the Giants. You can do it against the Jacks. You can also do it against the Jets. You can't probably tie the turnover ratio against the uh, the Ravens, and probably not against the Steelers. Uh, I had a feeling the Steelers were being slept on a little bit. That's why I took that money line bet on them today to beat the Bills. Um, Your Bills too. Can't yeah, you did that. It, it really. Yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, you off the Bills? I'm on to the Cardinals. That, yeah. I'm back to my Cardinals. Oh, five touchdowns. Yes. Two quarterbacks with five touchdowns today. Yes. My other guy who happens to be on my fantasy team may be on the bench, but who cares? <laughs> uh, Jameis Winston, one of the craziest fantasy performances I've ever seen. Under 200 yards passing. Under 150. 148 yards passing to be exact. 40 fantasy points. Wow. You know, it's the first time a quarterback has ever thrown five touchdowns and under 150 yards. So it was, I know that Aaron Rodgers had two picks. Wait, say that again? <laughs> yeah, I know. Aaron Rodgers had two picks and got benched for Jordan Love. Now, wow. it's more like a benched like to protect him in yeah. a blowout. Uh, that's what they say. Um, but it's also like a bench to get Jordan Love some reps. <laughs> yeah. Um, Who saw that coming? And I just assumed they, so they had two really short fields, I'm guessing. Must have been, yeah. So there's two touchdowns. But how did they get all – were they just running the hell out of the ball? No, Alvin Kamara had 83 rushing yards. 
big punt returns? Uh, probably. I I'm, something. I'm trying to understand how they were moving the ball. They had 322 yards of offense. Not great. Not dismal. Like so the Packers, 220 yards of offense. So less than half of it came from Jameis. Yep. You said 80 yards for Kamara? Yep. And who, then who else? You had, uh, oh, Jameis also had 37 rushing yards. Ooh. Someone else contributed 50 rushing yards. Uh, but you didn't have a 100-yard receiver. Nothing. I mean, you had one guy catch two touchdowns. Crazy. Very weird okay, game. Okay, so I'm giving you uh, $100 in uh, uh, player value stock. Who are you putting that in? Kyler or Jameis? It's a $100 bill. It can't be split. Hmm. Is the payout the same based off of, like, if one of them makes the Pro Bowl? What's the deal here? Uh, who's going to have a better season? Who are you putting that money in? Kyler. Kyler. Huh. Yeah, because you like Cliff. I do really like Cliff, and I think Jameis, they're just like, so what the Buccaneers did so wrong is they asked Jameis to go out there and win every game for them. That's the opposite of what I think the Saints want to do. They just want to say, like, Jameis, just go make big throws for us. We know he may, he can make every single throw on a football field, uh, and I think you're going to see more games like this now. Nothing exactly like this one, but I think you'll see Jameis go 180 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Because they're just saying, like, hey, convert some third downs, hit, hit a big shot on a play-action pass, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas Kyler, he's still in the position where they're saying, we're putting the offense on your shoulders. Yep. Yeah, I, I think it's a really good point. And uh, that they, the fact that they didn't ask James to do too much. Ryan, he threw 20 times. 20 times. 14, 14. of 20 for five touchdowns. Just incredible. 130 passer rating. It's one of the weirdest games I've ever seen. I, I don't understand how they were so close to scoring it all the time. And to throw something else on it being weird, in Jacksonville, because of the hurricane, I mean, just everything about this was a weird game. And then the Packers put up three points. I had three. As uh, I have to take two shots to start uh, the tailgate next week because I guaranteed all three of my big three on the tailgate would hit. It was Jerry Judy over 50 receiving yards, hit. Javante Williams over 30 rushing yards hit, and Packers over 26 and a half no, points. Oh no! <laughs> uh, only 24 points off that. Unbelievable. It, it really, it really is. And speaking of the tailgate and having to do things, our friend Andre Simone having to uh, <laughs> having to get a little tat. Oh, the sun I don't wish, shine. I wish we could pull up that <laughs> clip right now. Um, so Zach every week does his big, no uh, his magic number on the tailgate, which is basically a number that if you hit this, you're going to win. And it hit today. by the way, it hit the Broncos won. Um, before it, I always guess what the magic number is. <laughs> now last year it was a bit because like I had been on the podcast with you all week. So yeah. I was like, okay, well you knew where I was going. Yeah. I have a feeling I know what Zach thinks is going to be the number this week. I wasn't. And I still pulled out a hundred rushing yards. <laughs> Andre says, if that is correct, I will get, quote 100 rushing yards tattooed on my right cheek <laughs> well what was it it was saquon 100 rushing yards uh so yeah we uh, if, if you we all going together if you or someone you know runs a tattoo parlor <laughs> let's work out a little deal andre needs some ink. Do we put andre like on the on the table right here we can i mean we have the setup yeah absolutely <laughs> uh you know it'll, it'll be the first time a little cheek action on oh, the, uh, on on the, the dnvr cameras but you know i'd be very cheeky yes it would you know we'll we'll get the only fans set up <laughs> um all right uh maybe too much for only fans now no, I think they overturned Okay. That. Oh, okay. Well, how about that? Uh, <laughs> something that can't be overturned, Ryan, is the money that you won at DraftKings Sportsbook. Biggest by, weekend of my life. 
Wow. On DraftKings. Wow. So, see you hard. I mean, you had plus 17. I have I to actually, imagine. That wasn't part of it. No way. Yeah, I emotionally hedged wow. that Wow. Smart. Okay. I, I, I'm impressed with that. So, I had a parlay in the morning yep. that actually hit, but... It was a it was a three legger. I hit two of the legs, and the third leg was a push. Okay. So that was like a four to one. Yep. Then at night I had a plus thirteen hundred that hit with a full unit on it, and then today I I had the all dogs go to heaven parlay hit. So three parlays in two days since college football started. I've hit four parlays over the last oh two weeks gosh. over a plus a thousand. So what you're saying is tune into DNVR bets. Absolutely yeah. tune into DNVR bets. The all dogs go to heaven parlay was on there. Uh, and yeah, uh, by far the best DraftKings weekend I've ever had. Like, might go buy myself something really nice. That's how good it was. You should. And if you want to buy something nice and roll with RK, Ryan, sign up for DraftKings right now, and they'll give you eight $25 free bets. So if you're like, okay, Ryan's throwing out a crazy 1600 parlay, which by the way means if you bet $100, you win $1,600. Zachary made 700 bucks today from rolling with RK. That's got to feel pretty good. It's got to feel really good. <laughs> and you can use those free bets. So meaning you don't have to risk anything, Ryan. And then if you win, you get all of the winnings. So sign up for DraftKings right now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now because it's a top-rated sportsbook. They're an official betting partner of the NFL, and there's no better way to rock and roll than by getting that free money right now. Use the code DNVR when you sign up over at DraftKings Sportsbook. For new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also, if you're thinking like, man, uh, you know... I'm a little tired right now, but the Broncos won. I want to go finish off my Sunday fun day. I've got Monday off, potentially. Hit up our friends at Strava Craft Coffee. you saying we have Monday off? We do not oh. have Monday off. Um, but someone somewhere probably does. Sure, And somewhere. they're looking to have a banger of a night tonight. Um, so hit up our friends at DraftKings. Or sorry, at Strava Craft Coffee. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about DraftKings. <laughs> so much money. Uh, Strava Craft Coffee. They'll have you honking like a goose. And you can get... Mm. 25% off your first order when you use the code DNVR25. So use that code DNVR25. Get that CBD-infused coffee, which is really, really special. It can help you with so many different things. It's also delicious. Uh, and like I said, it'll, it'll get you feeling right. You said honking like a goose. And it is this bad that it made me think of mooing like a cow when thinking about <laughs> Hassle Cattle Company? No. That's not bad. Okay, good. Because Hassle Cattle Company, best damn beef. Ryan, we had so many beer towers. I was up here watching the game was patrolling the awesome kingdom that we have here. Or country? DNVR country? It can't be kingdom. Sorry I mean, about it that. It can Jeez, be. Country. Castle? Yeah, castle. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we, beer we, towers we call everywhere. it the cathedral because it has like the big yeah, pillars. Yeah, and the chandeliers. Yep. I like that. Uh, and I mean, so many burgers out there too. And it's the best damn beef. It's the blue collar Wagyu beef from our friends over at Hassle Cattle Company because Hassle Cattle Company is so good. We brought it into the bar. We put our stamp of approval on it. And if you want to bring it into your house, use the code DNVR10 over at HassleCattleCompany.com. That'll get you 10% off your entire purchase where you can get patties, but you can also get jerky. Uh, you can get beef bacon. You can get New York strip. You can get everything over there. And it's the best quality. So check them out over at HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. And use that code DNVR10. And spend over $200 and you get free shipping. Justin Fields is already in? No. Is it that bad already? Yep. Oh my gosh. And Wait. he's leading them to a touchdown. I'm so confused. Did he not? Did he start? No. Andy. Did Andy get hurt? Nope. What is happening? Wait, wait, wait. No, there's no, only no. been one this, drive. I was going to say there's two minutes into the game. Oh, they, oh, they already Andy's took him in. out. Oh, did you? 
Man, Jimmy G got done dirty in the first series. Did you see what happened in the first series? Uh, Kale told me a little bit about it. So they yeah. Jimmy G goes seven for seven down the field on their first drive. They bring in Trey Lance in, in the red zone. He goes one for one with the touchdown. That I is mean, pretty dirty. come on. That is pretty that's dirty. What, uh, that's what Matt Nagy just tried to do with uh, Justin Fields. Very interesting. Like, it was so faux pas in the past yeah. to switch quarterbacks mid-drive. Yeah. That's like a very, like, Northwestern thing to do. You know, like, oh, we got to bring right. in our guy for, right. like, the Wildcat package or whatever. Good thing that Teddy didn't struggle at all because that's what people would be saying. Hey, other teams are doing it. Now you bring Drew in, and I think if you have a guy like Justin Fields or Trey Lance who's clearly the future, okay, I guess you can do it. I don't think a two-quarterback system is is the way to go. Also, usually when you do the two-quarterback thing, it's because one has a special set of athletic traits right. that the other one doesn't have. Well, Drew is athletic a bit. Not so much more athletic than Teddy Bridgewater that you're saying, oh, you got to get him in there. And especially after you watch Teddy scramble around today. <laughs> yeah. um, that That's maybe my favorite part of the whole thing. Yeah. Like, really made off-the-script plays, yeah. which a lot of people, the narrative was saying, like, oh, he doesn't do that type of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things I was so impressed about. And Teddy today, Ryan, he really kind of broke down a lot of the criticism from people. Doesn't throw the ball uh, downfield. Isn't elusive. Isn't going to be able to make plays with his feet. He scrambled, and how about that? After he scrambles for the first down, gets the penalty, laying on the ground with his head no helmet knocked off, and he's just smiling. Oh, man. That that was the moment Great from the smile, game today the because it's like, Look, the, the te Teddy's running for first downs, and you're getting 15-yard penalties and just, yeah, great smiles all around. Yeah. Uh, Zach, we'll, we'll finish on a high note, but before we get there, pick. Um, before we get there. Who saw that coming? Yeah, for real. Before we get there, do you have any other criticisms <laughs> that you want to talk about today? I mean, they're few and far between. We talked about the secondary maybe not being as sharp as they could be. Yeah. Uh, a little bit about Pat Sertan, obviously Alberto. Anything else that kind of stuck out to you that you say, hey, this is something they should get fixed before next week. Yeah, the the offensive line, uh, a, a little concerning at times. Uh, Garrett Bowles uh, a couple of times got beat in the past game. Uh, you saw Teddy take two sacks. You'll take it the, the way they came. Teddy was very safe with the ball when those sacks came around. But then in the run game, um, there was just no room for either running back to run in that first half. And I gave them credit on that, that run, the 70-yard touchdown from Melvin. They opened it up and did exactly what they needed to do. Outside of that, though... By the way, Melvin looked fast oh, on that Oh, man. I thought the corner was definitely going to track him down, and then he just he turned on the burners yeah, again. Extra gear, yeah. Yeah, that was really impressive. But outside of that run, holes were not opening up. That's a concern because, Ryan, we've talked about it. You don't want to put Teddy to drop back 50 times. You don't want to do what the Cowboys and what the Bucks did on Thursday night where you're throwing 55 times. You're comfortable with Teddy dropping back 38 times, which is what he did today, 36 wow. pass attempts, uh, 39 times times but that's kind of the max 40 is the max you don't want it to be more in fact the over-under so at drafting sportsbook was 32 and a half passing attempts we all I thought that went was crazy. under well i thought it was crazy too but it's because the run game wasn't there it's good to see that you can trust teddy if you need to do that you don't want that every week um so the broncos ended up running the ball with their running backs 25 times uh and dropping back with teddy 39 times you want more balance. Yes. Vic Fangio wants more balance, and Pat Shermer wants more balance. You're not going to be able to find that balance if you're not open up holes, though. One guy we haven't really talked about yet is Javante Williams. I really liked the way he looked. Yeah. Um, it wasn't always there for him, kind of going along the lines of what you just mentioned, but he has an explosion to him. Um, it's that first step explosion, yes. too. 
first step explosion, and then he has the thing that Saquon you saw a couple times today. Saquon, very unimpressive. Who? But you see that lower body strength when he gets into a pile, and all of a sudden you're just seeing like a big pile of dudes just moving. Javante Williams has that going for him too. Yep. He gets that like extra two yards just by keeping his legs churning. Love that about him. Um, I think he's going to be very exciting for the Broncos this year. But yeah, I mean, again, it's just little things, little tune-ups. Yep. That's where you want to be after week one. Not saying, oh God, you know, you have to change the offense. It didn't look clean. It didn't look crisp. Um, I felt really good about most things today. You mentioned, we. I think we've touched on everything that concerned me today, uh, and those things are pretty small. Maybe a little bit more of a killer instinct from the defense. In the third quarter after the Broncos scored and they have a 10-point lead, I'm thinking, <laughs> we've heard this for, what, five years from starting with, with Vance Joseph of, we're building this defense so that if they get a lead, game's over. And I'm thinking, this is perfect. I mean, the Giants are going to have to start forcing things a little bit now that we're near the end of the third. And there wasn't the killer instinct uh, at times from the defense. Um, Vaughn, it's hard to put anything on him because he had a fantastic game. Maybe that's where Bradley Chubb comes in. And he has that killer instinct opposite Vaughn. And then you're really crushing teams and giving them no hope of a comeback because then they did get the ball back. 17-7, to had a chance to go 17-14. The, the Giants weren't able to do that. The defense uh, played well. But uh, uh, and that comes back to turnovers too, right? I mean, what is this game if the Broncos get a pick or two and they live up to Vic Fangio's hope of three turnovers? They get three turnovers? I mean, we're talking 42 to 0, 42 to 7. And we're not just talking about a dominant win. We're talking about an absolute blowout. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and speaking of dominance, we have a dominant force here uh, waiting for us on the back end. It's our guy, Andrew Mason. Can't wait to hear what he thinks about the game. Coming to you live from the Meadowlands. Andrew Mason, how are you, my guy? Uh, I'm doing great. Are we happy? Are we all feeling good now? Are the vibes flowing? Well, of course, vibes I, are great. Vibes are very great. I also had uh, Los Angeles Rams over six and a half points in the first quarter, and they just threw like an 80-yard touchdown. So I'm even better now. <laughs> How about that? Matthew Stafford cooking. Uh -oh. Yes, uh, his first pass, I believe. Or no, second pass as a Los Angeles Ram goes for 70 yards. Anyways, we're all feeling great, Mace. Uh, How are you? Damn, this connection just went out. Oh, we may get a uh, training camp mace here. Oh, no. <laughs> a vintage mace. He did warn me that the Wi-Fi was very bad. Oh, I did see that. It is yeah. the Giants and Jets. What can you expect from them? <laughs> yeah. Can't expect a good gonna, quality Wi-Fi. We're going to try, <laughs> <laughs> try something else. All right, we're going to try something else. We'll see if we can get Mace back here in a second. Like I said, Meadowlands, what, what do you want from them? You know? uh, one, thing that, one thing that I do want to give credit for, and I'm happy that we have this time here, Ryan, is the run defense. We mentioned it. Saquon Barkley. The magic number was holding him under 100. Real quick, do you think I jinxed my bet? They didn't make the extra point yet. Here it comes. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. Bang. Boom. Okay. There you go. Anyways. Cashed out again. Yes. Uh, more I'm, more I'm, shots on you or what? Bro, I think I'm like 10 of 11 today. Oh, my gosh. Do you have anything else that people need to get in on right now? That was my last one, um, but I'll probably after the show get in on something new. Uh, I bet you will. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys want, I can open up the sports book and see if there's anything else. Uh, we may need it if we're trying to we're trying to end the Sunday on a good note. Uh, but, but, Ryan, really quick, the rushing defense was great today. 
I mean, so Saquon Barkley looked absolutely average. It really reminded me of that Zeke game. Mm-hmm. Now, it wasn't as dominant as that Zeke game where Trevor Simeon was the quarterback a couple years ago and they held Zeke, what, seven rushes for nine yards or nine rushes for seven yards, something like that. But still, you made Saquon look very average. Ten rushes, 26 yards, 2.6 yards per carry. Daniel Jones ended up being their top rusher. You still contained him, 27 yards. And Devontae Booker, seven yards on four carries, 1.8 yards That's per carry. That's the Devontae Booker we know. <laughs> and it's also the Devontae Booker we know that catch he made. That was sick. Oh, my goodness. That was insane. But you hold the Giants, who they had to win the running attack, to 20 carries, 60 yards. Boom. That's how it's done. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Did you I mean, find something? No, I have, I, do you want me to? I'll look <laughs> it up in a second. I was looking at stats. I can't believe uh, Sterling Shepard had over 100 yards receiving. Wow, that is crazy. And his longest is only 37 yards. It's not like he gashed him for 80. It obviously would have had to be like a big number, but if you would have given me a prop that no receiver goes over 100 yards against the Broncos this year, I might have sprinkled it. <laughs> and uh, it didn't live a week. Even with Tyree Kill, who runs the best routes they known d- to mankind? D- they do a pretty good job containing him over the last couple of years. Don't at, don't tell Chris that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I feel at least last season I feel like they didn't let him go off. Yeah, yeah, I, they I just agree. let Kelsey eat it eight eight yards at a time. Didn't the Browns let Tyreek get an eighty yarder today? Yeah, seventy five yards. Honestly, a really bad situation. I believe they were up nine at yep. the time, yep. and that's the last thing you can do. You cannot do that. It's no, so bad. Oh, you know what? You asked about concerns. I got another one, just and to be a little more specific. Are you at all concerned about Kyle Fuller and Ronald Darby? No. Okay. Uh, Darby uh, looked like the guy that we were willing to trade. All right. Um, We've got Mace again. All right, we'll get to Mace here in a second. But, yeah, I, I think that, he like, again, if you were going to trade one of them, that was the one I wanted to trade. It, 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 he's serviceable. He's not – Blow you away. And you know why I'm not concerned? Is the Broncos have a guy by the name of Pat Sertan ready to go? Did he have the best game today? No, he's only going to get better. So if one of those guys concerns you enough, boom, you put Pat Sertan in. All right, let's see if we can get Mace here uh, despite the Meadowlands Wi-Fi. Mace, we got you. All right, okay, hopefully you can stick with me because, believe me, I can't see you guys right now, but can Uh you hear me? You're not missing much. Don't worry, we're looking great. Uh, all right. Oh, hopefully this will hold up here because now I'm through my cell phone. But really, I mean, I the only thing that went wrong today was the Wi-Fi in the stadium. Hey, <laughs> pretty good. And Jerry, and Jerry Judy. And Jerry Judy getting hurt. And, you know, that doesn't appear to be as bad as initially feared. I mean, I think we all kind of thought the same thing when we saw the injury happen. See in 2022. Fortunately, if the MRI goes well tomorrow, we'll see Jerry Judy again this year, but uh, may not be for six to eight weeks, and that's okay. You may as well call me a doctor. Yeah, Dr. Zach also <laughs> said six to eight weeks. I said four to six, but yeah. either, either way, it's not a good situation uh, uh, for yeah. Jerry Judy. A huge bummer. Luckily, one of the places where the Broncos, I think, can fill in and mix and match tight ends and stuff to make up for it. Uh, Mace, what's your biggest takeaway from this win? I mean, the biggest takeaway, I think, it's the king of the game. It's Teddy and just how cool he looked and uh, how in the pocket when he was under attack, under attack 
He didn't flinch. He made good decisions. He escaped. He kept plays alive. And in particular, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about this this week. The Giants, it's not a great team, but they were really good in the interior of the defensive line. And that's where they were getting pressure from. And, that, and, he, and when he was under duress, he was facing Leonard Williams coming right at him. And he just stepped away. He kept plays alive. Uh, he was, you know, he was a cool customer. He was... He was more than steady Teddy today. He was escape artist Teddy, Houdini Teddy out there. And uh, and then he was as accurate as he needed to be. I mean, that's that's where it starts and ends. And uh, if Teddy plays like that the rest of the season, I don't think there I, I, I don't think there's any team that's going to be out of reach for this Broncos team to beat. Yeah, I mean, the biggest compliment that I can give to, to, to Teddy is call him. He, he's the cool, calm, and collected Trevor Simeon. That, that's exactly what he looked <laughs> like today. Uh, but, but Mace, uh, what, what, what were you most impressed with with the defense really holding the Giants to, to seven true points in this game? Yeah, I was, uh, first of all, impressed with how quickly Vaughn Miller started. And I asked Vic about, about Vaughn after the game, the importance of getting the TFL and getting the sack early on those first two possessions. And uh, the thing that Vic pointed out, and I think it was a great, great point, is sometimes if you don't get that first that, that first big play when you come back, you start pressing, and that kind of leads to more mistakes. I think even though Vaughn uh, didn't have the spectacular plays after that early burst, he was able to kind of just settle, to settle in, be disruptive against the run, as well as what he provided in the pass rush. He was able basically to be Vaughn Miller today, and I think – uh, that, that's why it was good to see him get off that early start. Thought, you know, just on first glance, I thought Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell both played well today, especially against the run. Uh, against the run, and uh, there was one play. Uh, I think it was in it was in the it was in a goal to go situation for the Giants, and Barkley gets outside because Vaughn kind of chased him to the sideline, and there's a little bit of room for Barkley, but then he had to turn and go out of bounds because Josie Jewell had pursued had pursued well on the play and forced him to go to the sideline. It was just great team defense at all three levels today. I mean, you can kind of nitpick some things. You can nitpick Pat Sertan on the touchdown in the second quarter. You can nitpick some of Kyle Fuller's stuff, but uh, those are real Those are real minor things in the bigger picture of this, of this defense, really, aside from one lapse, shutting the Giants down for the competitive phase of the game. Mace, we talked for, I don't know, all offseason about how Vic Fangio had to get wins in September. He finally gets his first, and I happen to be really, really, really impressed with the way he coached his game today. What did you take away from that? I mean, I love, I love the decision-making on fourth down. He talked about the one late in the first half on the touchdown drive right before the end of the second quarter and said it was a gut feeling, you know. However he comes to his decision, if it's the right decision, I don't care if it's gut feeling, I don't care if, an, if it's analytically inclined, as long as he's making the right call. There's a lot of analytics that say you should go for it on fourth down much more often than any NFL team does. I'm glad, I'm glad he's feeling that, and I'm glad he showed the confidence. I think uh, that being said, there's enough on this off offense, both in terms of the quarterback being more settled and also the offensive line being more settled to have confidence that they can get the they can get those tough yards on fourth down when they need to, so that comes into play as well. But yeah, I, I love seeing that. I think you know I, I'm not sure he's going to become Riverboat Vic over the course of the year, although today he kind of was. But the fact is, guys, last year the Broncos didn't get their third fourth down conversion until after Christmas in Los Angeles. And they had three fourth down conversions today. 
It's a new day around here. Christmas came early this year. If he becomes yeah. a if if, exactly. if he if he becomes a gambler, I was thinking of calling him Vig Fangio. I would, I was gonna call him RK Fangio. Oh, that works too. <laughs> uh, He'll be hitting. You know, he's got that big Vic energy, guys. I mean. Yeah. Today he sure did. Today he sure did. <laughs> Mace, what we we learned from after the pressers that uh, that Jerry does indeed have that high ankle sprain. Anything else that that we learned from any of the pressers? I mean, the, I think a couple interesting things. You know, Teddy did give the pregame speech today, as 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 was as Vaughn mentioned. Also, interesting that on the touchdown pass to Albert Okwebunam, uh, as was revealed, Albert O wasn't supposed to run around on that play. He was involved. He, he was supposed to be in protection, and, and and he just ends up getting into the flat. And so, just kind of showing how sometimes the best stuff you don't draw up. It's got to happen organically. It's got to happen with a little bit of improv. You know, it was a great job by Teddy to uh, to, to to buy himself some time, but then a great instinct instinctive move by Albert O to get into the flat and be there for Teddy when he did get outside the pocket. I mean, that's just, that's just thinking, that's thinking on your feet. And, you know, some, the last few years, sometimes it seems like the Broncos, especially on offense, have really struggled to kind of think on their feet and make, and make good decisions and kind of have that quick reaction that allows you to get out of a jam. Today, we, we saw a different Broncos offense in that regard. And, uh, that can lead to some great things down the line. So, I, so something like that, it's a little thing came out in the post game, but I think it says a lot about where this offense could go. Who, who else spoke at the podium? Okay, you had, let's see, Teddy, Albert Okwebunam, you had uh, Noel Fant up there, um, Vaughn Miller was there, Tim Patrick also spoke. I think, that was, I think that was it. And then, of course, Teddy and Vic. And what else did those oh, guys Josie have? Jewell. Josie Jewell said. Josie hey, Jewell Mr. Well. Mr. Fumble himself. Anything yeah. jump out to you from those guys? Uh, not, not really. No, I mean that no, nothing kind of was was kind of screaming out as 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 a big deal. And uh, I mean, it was most it was mostly kind of Alberto and Noah and Noah Fant kind of praising praising Alberto and how he's kind of come along as well. And another thing, I think uh, if I asked Noah about this. We, even before the Jerry Judy injury, we saw a lot of two tight end sets, and we saw some three tight end sets today. And uh, I think with what you're getting from the tight end position, Salbert, Okwebunam, Fant, all had catches today, all played all play pretty well across the board. Maybe a way of getting by without Jerry Judy, it isn't simply going to be uh, KJ Hamler stepping up as a third wide receiver. I think we're going to see even more two tight end sets over the next few weeks to the point where it's going to be kind of the base off base offense. But I like the fact that for the most part, before the Judy injury, not always, but we saw more two tight end looks from Pat Shermer. And I think that's an indication of what we're going to see going forward, at least for the next several weeks. That's the best, the Broncos' best formation, in my opinion. May speaking of Pat Shermer, uh, I'm seeing this on Twitter from Mike Kliss, but did you hear anything about the celebratory cooler of water that was dumped on Pat Shermer and Mike Shula by Vic after the game? Oh, I, that's the first I'm hearing of it. That's pretty awesome, though. I, mean. <laughs> I, I wonder if that's he legitimately did that. 
What? <laughs> That's what Cliss is saying. Can you give me the actual tweet? He says, besides game balls to Vaughn, Teddy, and Peyton, Vic Fangio dumped a celebratory cooler of water <laughs> on OC Pat Shermer and QB coach Mike Shula, the former Giants coaches who got a sweet victory against their former team. Wow. Oh <laughs> Do you That's think beautiful. Vic is really doing that? I mean, you know, he's been doing shoulders all, all summer to be able to lift that cooler. You know what? I mean... When you haven't won in September as a head coach, and when two guys come back to the place that fired him just a year, you know, about a year and three quarters ago, and, and you have a big win that they were significantly responsible for, dunk everybody you want. Dang. Just go ahead. I, 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 I believe that. That's, pretty, that's really awesome. When they, that, when they beat... Yeah, yeah. Uh... When they beat the Vikings in the preseason, didn't Vic just give him a celebratory uh, T-shirt? You should have dumped Peyton in water. It's true, but it accounts for a little more when the regular uh, season. I guess it's your yeah. boss, too. Are you dumping water on your boss? Yeah, I'd dump, yeah. I'd dump water on Spano. <laughs> well, there, there's, another, there's another thing also in play, like why you wouldn't dump George Peyton. George is dressed in a suit, and he's dressed for the trip home. Mike Shula and Pat Shermer, they're dressed in coach's gear. They're showering up anyway they have to change. So it's, it's no harm, no foul. If you dunked Peyton after the game, he's got – where's his change of clothes coming from? So can't why really does, do that. I, I've never understood why general managers wear suits to the game. It, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Almost makes as much sense as, like, basketball coaches wearing suits on the sidelines. Uh, right, seriously. I mean, at practice, he should just be wearing what he wears at practice. He wears a Broncos T-shirt, some Ray-Bans, and mm -hmm. really long basketball shorts. That's George Maybe he shouldn't wear that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Mace, I think we're going to let you go. Appreciate uh, the insights. Appreciate you coming in. Make sure you travel home safe. All right, thanks, guys. See you back in Denver. Have a great show. See you, Mace. All right, there he is, Andrew Mason. Uh, good insights from the stadium. And, uh, man, Zach, I, I forgot what it was like to be 1-0. Oh, my goodness. It's been a while, Ryan. It has been a while. Uh, this was really, really fun. Uh, uh, Kale, any, any important chats we need to get to or anything along those lines? All right, let's hit a super let's chat. Let's go. From our guy, Jeremiah, he says, I'm plus 208 Ooh. bucks today, and the Broncos won LFG. How LFG, about Zach. that? Ryan, we're all winning today. We are all winning today, and, man, your shirt just brings another win to it. Yeah, yeah. Peace Unfortunately, <laughs> the Chiefs got the win today, but, you know. There's never a bad time to dunk on Tyreek Hill. No, never, never. All right, and there's never a bad time to check out our friends over at MSU Denver. msudenver.edu slash online, where you can see everything they have to offer. And they really have a lot, 750 total classes, 45-plus online and hybrid programs. There's really something for everyone over there. Uh, so make sure you check them out. And make sure you hit us with a thumbs up on your way out. A little winner's lounge to start the season. Let's, Let's hope we get another one next week. We'll see you all week. Hey. on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Thank you to our live audience. Yes. Thank you to everyone who came down to the bar today. We'll see you this week on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Peace. Fly.